Hey, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why habits are important with help from author Jen Sincero. You'll also learn about why phantom limb sensations are way more common than you think and a small galaxy that's warping the Milky Way. Let's satisfy some curiosity. We talk a lot about how to break and build habits on this podcast. But have you ever stopped to wonder why habits are important in the first place? Today's guest has the answer. Jen Sincero is the author of the new book, Badass Habits, Cultivate the Awareness, Boundaries, and Daily Upgrades You Need to Make Them Stick. Yesterday, she told us how important beliefs and identity are to building new habits. Today, we're zooming out and asking, why should we build habits anyway? You know, it's really interesting being in this pandemic and discussing habits because what habits do is they allow our brains some freedom to focus on other things, right? So remember how hard it was to tie your shoe when you were a little kid because you were just learning you had to be like the bunny ears and then you put one of the ears through the, you know, you had to pay so much attention, right? It was a big deal. And then everybody did a big cartwheel every time you did it correctly, but you had to focus on it, right? But now you do it while you're talking on the phone, while you're doing something else, like it's on autopilot. So it frees up your brain and our brains really rely on habits so that we don't get overwhelmed. And I think one of the reasons that we're all so stressed out during this pandemic is that our habits have been interrupted and the things that we just wake up and stumble through, you know, taking the kids to school, going to work, blah, blah. Everything's been ripped out from under us. So now our brains are like, wait a second, like I have to process everything. And I think that that's this sort of low level buzz that we've all got going on has a lot to do with our habits being interrupted. That's so funny you mentioned that. The other day, usually when I'm in the shower, I shampoo, then I do the soap, then I rinse off my hair, I'm good. And the other day I rinsed out my hair and I just stopped for a second and I was like, did I, did I just wash the rest of my body? Like I had no recollection whatsoever. So what you're saying is that it's things like this, these habits that are just so automatic that our brain is just fully on autopilot and that frees us up to do other things with it, right? Exactly. I want you to know I had the exact same thing happen in the shower the other day too. I was like, <laughs> I couldn't remember. And it's because, and we, and we, we don't, we're getting kind of hard on ourselves, right? Like we're all losing our minds, but we have lost our, our habits. Like they, we don't even appreciate, like most things, we don't appreciate how much they help us till they're not around right now because they've been totally freaked out by this pandemic. Again, that was Jen Sincero, author of the new book, Badass Habits, Cultivate the Awareness, Boundaries, and Daily Upgrades You Need to Make Them Stick. You can find a link to pick it up in the show notes. Have you ever heard of phantom limbs? I'm talking about the sensations that people with amputations sometimes get that make it feel like their lost limb is still there. Well, here's why they happen and how they're teaching scientists more about how the brain operates. It might surprise you to know that phantom limbs are way more common than you'd think. 90 to 98% of people experience a vivid phantom immediately after amputation. Sometimes they even feel like the limb is experiencing intense pain or cramping. For a lot of people, the phantom limb disappears within a few weeks, but for some, it can hang around for decades. Now, there are a few things that make phantom limbs more or less likely to appear. And that gives scientists hints about how they work in the brain. So, for example, children are less likely to experience a phantom than adults. And that suggests that phantoms might have something to do with a brain being less able to redraw its body map as it ages. 
that body map is called the somatosensory cortex, which is a region of the brain's wrinkly outer layer. And it really is an almost literal map of the body where individual areas corresponds to individual body parts. When a body part disappears, the brain starts to redraw this map by giving more real estate to the neighboring features. So like hand neurons might be slowly taken over by face neurons. But things can get weird. Some amputees will feel sensations on their face as happening both on their face and on their phantom hand. And phantom pain may come down to how motor commands work in the brain. When you move a limb, your brain creates two copies of that command. One tells the limb what to do. Another double checks after the limb sends back the movement accomplished message. It's possible that phantom cramping happens because the brain isn't receiving that feedback message. So it's trying harder and harder to create that movement. And that's why treatments using mirrors and virtual reality seem to hold promise. If you can convince your brain that the limb is there and moving, maybe you can keep its motor commands from going haywire. Researchers still aren't sure how effective those treatments are, though. The brain is an adaptable organ, and scientists are gradually learning how to help it adapt to life without a limb. But in the end, every new discovery about phantom limbs tells us more about the brain as a whole. Not a bad deal. This is going to sound like bad news, but don't worry. A small galaxy in the night sky is violently deforming the Milky Way galaxy. You know, the spiral disk of stars and planets that we call home. And the researchers who realized what's happening say this is a pretty big deal. As in, the finding demands a new generation of models that describe the past, present, and future of our home galaxy. The small galaxy causing all this commotion is called the Large Magellanic Cloud, or LMC for short. It's visible in the night sky if you're south of the equator. When researchers in Scotland built a super complicated statistical model that calculated the speed of the Milky Way's most far-flung stars, they concluded that the LMC is exerting a surprisingly strong pull on our galaxy. It might sound strange that such a small galaxy could have such a big effect. And it is. Their findings suggest that the LMC has something else going on. That something else is a massive halo of dark matter, which is a kind of matter that doesn't emit or absorb light, but does exert a powerful gravitational pull. There's so much dark matter surrounding the LMC that it's currently pulling and twisting the Milky Way at a rate of about 20 miles or 32 kilometers per second. That pole is sending our galaxy toward the constellation Pegasus. That's odd, because it's not where the LMC is. Pegasus is in the northern sky, while the LMC itself, like I said, is in the southern sky. This flummoxed the researchers too, until they realized that we aren't being pulled toward where the LMC is now. We're traveling to where it was at some point in the past. The researchers think it's because the LMC is moving away from the Milky Way a lot faster than we're moving toward it. It's sort of like if a wedding crasher snatched the tablecloth from the cake display and kept on running. The cake would fall toward where the guy was when he snatched the cloth, even though he'd be long gone by then. And if all of that wasn't enough for you, here's one more huge finding from the study. The LMC probably passed through the Milky Way around 700 million years ago. 
right around the time that the so-called snowball earth was giving rise to the first complex animals. If they'd had eyes to see it, it might have been a spectacular show. Yeah, too bad they hadn't evolved eyes that far back, so they literally couldn't see it. (laughs) Well, I think that long ago, everything was still in black and white as well, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and everybody talked with a transatlantic accent. What a great snowball earth. (laughs) It's swell. (laughs) Hey, let's recap the stuff we learned today, starting with the fact that we should build habits because they free up our brains to focus on other stuff. The more automatic something is, the more we can think about other stuff, which is why it's really fun for me to watch my three-month-old son staring at his hands while he's literally like singularly focused on figuring out how to move his fingers because he hasn't like developed that brain stuff yet. Babies are, man, they do a lot of stuff. You know, what your baby should do is really work on his identity as a a person with hands. Mm. And then when he wakes up in the morning, be like, I'm a person who uses their hands and uh, we have an easier time. There you go. It's all about identity. I would love for him to wake up as a person who's potty trained too. <laughs> but that might take a couple of years. <laughs> we'll see. And we also learned that phantom limb sensations happen when people who have had amputations feel like their lost limb is still there. They come from the fact that your brain actually kind of keeps a neural map of your body. When a part of your body disappears, your brain redraws that map and assigns different neurons to different parts of your body. And if you want to see a really bizarre scientific diagram, look up the somatosensory map called the cortical homunculus. Homunculus is just a reference to a diagram that shows where all of the sensory things are. But yeah, it's basically a brain with random limbs and human features sticking out of it. It's really weird looking. We will we'll link to that in the show notes. Can't wait. We also learned that there's a small galaxy called the Large Magellanic Cloud or LMC, and it's wreaking havoc on our Milky Way galaxy. Well, not really, but there is a ton of dark matter around that galaxy and it's pulling our entire galaxy towards the Pegasus constellation. And bonus fun fact. The LMC probably passed through our galaxy about 700 million years ago. I wonder if the LMC has guardians too. Guardians of the Magellanic Cloud? Nope. Guardians. So, so close. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer and Grant Curran and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow, automatically. It's a habit. It's already part of your routine. Do it and learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.